It's Mazda's 100th anniversary, and we're having a massive celebration. Kramer Mazda, North Hill Mazda, and Stony Trail Mazda are teaming up to celebrate with their model year-end clear-out. Get savings up to $2,500, plus 0% financing on all clear-out models. And if that's not enough, drive as much as you want with an unlimited mileage warranty. So plan that fall trip to the mountains or explore the city. We've got you covered. Get back on the road with Stony Trail Mazda, North Hill Mazda, or Kramer Mazda. Hey there, it's Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. We are pretty pumped to invite you to eavesdrop while we chat with some of our favorite badasses in and beyond the hockey world. The arena goal horn doesn't blow when people have success off the ice, so we want to blow it here. Did you say blow? Oh, I might have. Codette likes to rap while eating kale and chewing healthy juice on her way to Super Momit, sell real estate, or change the world one philanthropic moment at a time. Bridge smashes coffee and makes up the words to her favorite songs, needs to set an alarm on her phone for almost every appointment in life because she's always late. She's busy managing her three kids, dancing addiction, and website for pro hockey families. If we lived together, we would high-five each other at 4.45 a.m. when I'm just getting up and Bridget is headed to bed, each a vampire in our own right. Both of us love our families, each other, and our insanely awesome hockey community. So pour yourselves a drink of choice and saddle up because the boys aren't the only ones with the stories. September 15th to October 15th is National Hispanic Heritage Month in the U.S., and we're excited to introduce today's guest, Latina powerhouse Jess Molina. She's a first-generation American, raised by the two most special and influential people in her life, her spicy, sweet Mexican grandma and her mom, whose collective force has given her the drive and wings to do anything she wants. In the crazy COVID spring of 2020, she graduated from USC online with her master's in social work in true fierce female fashion, and some hockey life sprinkled in after four years, six moves and three babies. She and her fiance, free agent and recent Las Vegas Knights defenseman John Merrill are eagerly awaiting what comes next. So let's get into all of it. Jessica, hi, I'm Bridget. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I have been telling Kodat that like you've been on my most wanted list for quite some time, although we've never met in person. Um, Obviously, we've got mutual friends and you've been so supportive on our hockey life. And I was just thrilled to get you on here. You're just a badass, my friend. Well, thank you guys. I'm, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. Don't be nervous because we like to operate as this just being more of a conversation and getting to know you. So that's kind of why we started doing the podcasts. We wanted to get to know everybody within our community and share them with everyone else. For sure. So yeah, calm super, down. Yeah, we're so excited. No, and Bridget's told me so much about you and she knows I love an ambitious woman. And so we were, yeah, eager to get you on here and get to know you. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Do you yeah, need a shot of tequila before we go? Oh, we'll I wish, that. but I, I'm pregnant again. So, <gasps> oh yes. Congrats. Yeah. So trust me, if not, I would have taken a few. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. How and far along are you? Well, I am 16 weeks. I was oh. literally just thinking like avocado because that's what like the girls are following it this week. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Yes, avocado size. Awesome. Congratulations. How are you feeling? I'm good now. I had like the worst part of it in what do you call when John was gone. I literally would pass out on the couch for like 30, 45 minutes and my oldest Olive would like, I'd wake up to her being like, it's okay. I gave them a snack and put on a show. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. So I'm out of that stage for the most part. 
Which is uh, so John missed that the hardest part of a pregnancy. Like typically that yeah. first trimester is exhausting and he was in the bubble while you were going through that. Yeah, it was, yeah, he missed that. He's very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Well, how many other kids, how many kids do you have already? We have three, three uh, little ladies, my little monsters. I have oh. all, he's five, Lennon, who's three and a half. And then Joe, Jolie, she is going to be two tomorrow. Wow. Fun. Yeah. And then what's number four? Do you know the sex of number another, four? The, another little lady, the last one. That's it. Like we're just <laughs> girl crew. How did the girls feel about, do they know um, that they're having a sister, another sister? They, yeah, they know. They, um, so I, John was in the bubble and I like, had him FaceTime in for it. And it was highly entertaining because they've been wanting like a little brother. That's all they talked about. So it was right after all his birthday and I like put a pink balloon in like a box and they like let it, you know, float. And they were pretty pissed. <laughs> like, why is the girl and Lenny was like started crying so oh, no. Joey just didn't really care because it's Joe she just like whatever that's hilarious oh my so gosh cute. and I'm like in the like, I call it the beer gut stage oh <laughs> yeah I the beer gut stage where like I feel more like I have a beer gut or like I look like a like a case in sausage like nobody can really <laughs> it's kind of rude if you were to say anything but like <laughs> It's yeah, it's awkward. So I'm literally like, oh, I feel this way, but like no one really knows yet because I'm not telling people yet. Well, yeah. I'm telling you, everyone knows now, but like it just was very weird. And I loved. Um, it just looked like John was so involved with you guys during his bubble attendance. Yeah. I guess uh, I don't even know what you call that bubble. The bubble imprisonment. Let's let's joke about that. Yeah. Um, he, I just feel like he was. Did you guys get on Facetime with him at all, or did you have a, a schedule, or just kind of? We, anytime he just sent me a text and be like, I'm free. And he just like FaceTime us. The girls have, um, my mom got them this Facebook portal thing. So he like, doesn't do social media, but he got a Facebook just so he could like do the Facebook FaceTime. So the girls are actually able to like in the kitchen, go press on his face or press any of our family members and call them. So oh. he would, they would randomly call him all the time or like vice versa. So he'd be sitting there eating and you could face it anyway. And he yeah. pretty much they talked all the time. They had their dance parties. He would tell them stories. He would color while they colored. He was a big color throughout the quarantine or throughout the bubble time. Yeah. <clears throat> That's so cute. I love that. I thought it was awesome. And thank you for sharing some of that with us because I think it just brought, it just showed that the, the attempt to connect and stay connected while they were in there and how just being part of the family, even though you're not physically there, was obviously really important to all of you. Yeah, they, the girls miss him like crazy because like we joke around that I'm kind of just like disciplinarian. You know, I kind of like keep us in line in a way. And then he's just like their play toy. <laughs> he literally, so they like are constantly rolling around like with him whenever he's gone, they're on the phone with him or it's like they're counting down the days so he gets home. So it was funky situation especially not knowing when he would come home mm -hmm. but it was something that they like every day would be like all right let's call daddy without fail in the mornings would answer as you know groggy as he would be yeah that's awesome did they watch the games then did they know when um vegas was finished and he would be home so they didn't know when vegas was finished it was kind of like a funky day for us and 
the girls were exhausted and I kind of just had it that day with them. So I honestly put them up to sleep um, right before the game started so that I would be able to watch the game in peace. Mm. And smart. I was stressed on your own. Still stressed. Oh, I literally, I just sit there with like a bag of chips and walk around pacing, eating nonstop. But yeah, they went up and the next day I was trying to decide if I was going to tell them or not and decided not to tell them. So I was like, I'm just going to wait till he just shows up and like surprises them. So I kept telling them that they had, like, I don't know why one of them is obsessed with like um, leprechauns and like robots right now. Well, they're all obsessed with leprechauns. <laughs> yeah. I told we'll them have to get into that a little. Leprechaun robot thing in the garage that was waiting for them. So when that all happened, it just kind of like had Johnny hiding in the garage when we came home and they like lost their minds. Oh, oh my God. That's so, so cute. Cute. I love all the reunions. It's so fun. Like the kids' excitement and. Because how long was he gone for then? I don't remember when. I think it was like 55 to 58 days. One of the two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would, they were gone for, it would seem like forever. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it was. Within two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I think like Odette, like you said, it was fun to watch the reunions. And I feel like it's always disappointing when you lose, when you've sacrificed so much, and especially this year, I feel like it's, it's been an odd year for the world, but then in hockey and pro sports, hockey right now with the bubble, but um, I feel like the homecomings, I, I loved that obviously the guys were, had something to look forward to too, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and the girls, like as disappointing as the loss is, getting to be with your families again was, you could just see the joy in everybody. It was awesome. Yeah, it was and, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. It didn't feel real, honestly. And yeah it's bittersweet yeah it's it blows that they lost and yeah. everything was sore but they got to come home and we were all I'm I, sometimes I looked at them like just weird that you're here like yeah <laughs> totally yeah. I always like to know those like who um like you said that he's kind of more like the fun time parent I always find that so interesting who's got like rules like who's which one of the parents is more rules and I try to be a stuff but it's just like it's kind of like established now like I'm not as fun like yeah. mom does things that are fun and then dad does others and that's what it is I'm like okay so like Jason's more <laughs> rules like I I run a tight ship but I'm definitely the like the more relaxed parent like I hope he doesn't listen to this but we like we <laughs> we, we have our little secrets together <laughs> we're like don't tell dad <laughs> I feel like Ray is that like good time dad too he always has been just yeah I think I'll be fun like when they go to college and they're ready to like you know they're older I think I'm gonna be all in for it and he's gonna be like terrified yeah (laughs) yeah totally screwed like by the time he's done and they're like in middle school high school like he's dealing with like four girls and and they're dating yeah so have fun with that yeah they'll be dating and he'll all of a sudden have like the rules and (laughs) he won't be fun anymore he'll be embarrassing exactly I hope like well, I don't hope, maybe for them, I don't hope, but like, I just feel like one of them is going to get their period and he's not going to be able to contact me and I'm be like, see, there you go. You might be surprised. You might be surprised that, um, how well he can handle it. So just speaking about the importance of family, obviously it's hugely important to you with your own immediate family, but tell us about your family dynamic growing up. So I was raised by my mom and my abuelita. I grew up with both of them who are very strong very strong women. And um, I was first born in the US. They both came from Mexico. 
And so I grew up in an old school Mexican household and in the Bay Area, in San Jose, actually. Great. Like I went to Mexico every summer. Um, my family was pretty much everyone who was around us. Some family in LA who we um, got even closer to that since we were in Vegas this past few years. But mostly everybody's in Mexico. Mm. So it was a lot of going back and forth in Mexico. And I loved it. Mom had me, she had all three of us before the age of 21. And we had my father there, but he left when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, my mom, you know, moved in by herself, but to her own place. But the thing is, it was a lot for my mom to handle. She was what, 26 years old, if that, with mm-hmm. three young kids. Wow. So we pretty much lived with my grandma. And then growing up through high school, um, we, I lived with my grandma and my sister lived with my grandma. And it was the best thing ever. My grandma is like, as stereotypical old school Mexican grandma as you could imagine. That's so cute. She's sweet as hell, but really, really spicy. She'll let you have it, especially <laughs> if you agree with something. She still lets me have it. And yeah, like I got through high school because she would literally um, come to the school. Like I went to an all girls private school that she had found and um, made me apply to. And I got a scholarship to go there. And she, would walk around to see how I was doing in class by bringing trays of food for everybody. (laughs) And I'm convinced that's how I got into college because like the letters of recommendation I got weren't from like necessarily people who knew me super well, but like people my grandma would go to with like trays of like food, like gorditas, taquitos, whatever it was, and be like, so how's Jessica doing? (laughs) Like, she's not doing this, okay. And like, she would literally just hammer like everybody to make sure I was doing okay. That's so cute. Oh my God. I love it. Very invested in you. Obviously. She obviously saw a lot of promise. Yes. She kind of forced me. She forced me to apply to everywhere, even though she wanted me to go to a place right down the street. Mm -hmm. And when I got into my like final colleges, she looked at me and was like, go to the one that's farthest away. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, go to either Syracuse or Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And she's like, because everybody, we came here from Mexico to California but none of us have ever been to the Midwest mm-hmm. or New York. So go there. So she um, pretty much forced me <laughs> to leave home. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'll take it. And I yeah. went with it. Never knew anything about the state of Michigan until I got there. My mom worked two, three jobs all throughout my childhood. I remember going to offices that she would clean and helping her out. So being around both of them, I've always been extremely like, driven in that sense seeing like okay they came here they gave up their entire lives in Mexico for us yeah and honestly like I grew up with a single mom and she worked her butt off and like climbed her way to the top like the whole time and I think like like with you saying that like I can totally relate so I'm like there's like I have so much respect for my mom and like her drive and how ambitious she is and like I get that from her for sure and like obviously you get that from from what was instilled upon you too right so yeah their bosses both that. of them were single moms so it's it's crazy like my mom yeah my mom is an absolute beast she now mm-hmm. she worked her way for me to janitor to being the head of compliance at the hospitals she was at wow she works for facebook and i'm like wow their job Love is way cooler than i could ever imagine that's single awesome. moms are impressive no Very i great. agree and obviously super it. inspirational but for your grandma to say go far away I mean, I think it probably broke her heart as much as it did, like, burst her heart, you know? 
Yeah. What did they think then when, like, of hockey? What did they think of this hockey well, life? <laughs> I didn't know anything about hockey until, like, I met Joni. And then I went to games, and then, like, I actually didn't learn anything about hockey because we would, like, I went to Michigan. So we would drink for the games and then go. We don't really watch the games. And then when he went, like, pro and it was, like, a thing, I was like, oh, I need to learn about this. <laughs> it doesn't but, change, though, let's be honest. Yeah. It doesn't really change. I mean, no. no. And I read, like, I learned by, like, I like, I'm a nerd, so I love reading. So I read, like, Darren Fleury's book, Bob Cobert's book, and I'm reading these books. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is happening? Wow, like, those are some intense, intense. to start yeah. to uh, jump into the hockey world. And I didn't realize that, like, the, like, you know, enforcers, this and that. So I kind of read those being, like, mind blown, but got to know, obviously, later. Like, I took notes on his games. But yeah, growing up, <laughs> it was a very with a like, notepad. Yeah, in, like when he went to the AHL and I was in college, I like if I had time, I'd watch his games on my like i or my whatever computer. Yeah, and I would sit there and take notes and ask him questions like, oh my hey, gosh. "What does offsides mean?" Which I'm still eh, about, <laughs> um, like questions like that all the time, and ask him. So he'd always like have like a bunch of notes he'd have to answer to later. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, like I growing up was yeah, we didn't know anything. Like I lived within 15 minutes walking to Sap Center or um Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Didn't know anything about hockey. Didn't like I knew there was a team, but I was like, eh, what what is whatever, you know? Yeah. And first like my mom came to Michigan to visit and I never, me and John, our relationship, like when we, um, when our relationship started, we had, it was like eight months of like seeing each other in public and ignoring each other. So like when my parents, my mom was coming to visit, she pretty much was like, I want to meet this boy. And I was like, I didn't tell you about any boy, but my sister actually went to college with me. Okay. Told her about him. And we invited him over for like football tailgate. And he, um, he hid out in his, um, house that weekend the hockey he hid out in the hockey house with his buddies all weekend to avoid my mom <laughs> so she was just like who is this weddle like what is this he won't meet me and my mom was pissed about it because she's like why wouldn't this guy meet me like I'm cool and I'm like I don't know mom <laughs> so when they first met him they kind of like it w- he flew to California with me and met my entire family we did a road trip and they loved him immediately because my grandma has a th- I call it the three plate rule and my grandma's house you don't go there without eating three plates of food because if you don't eat the three plates she will think that you're disrespecting her so like eat one plate good but go for seconds that's that's okay that's all right but like going for the third plate it's like you're you're good you're absolutely solid and you didn't tell johnny this before he went right oh i i had to because i was nervous for him he was so nervous (laughs) <laughs> that like I told him and like so my grandma really liked that he was um tall and he was you know so well spoken so nice and like polite he was very very polite so my grandma liked that but then he ate her food and she was like done <laughs> and then you're like rule number one in. stuff your face <laughs> that's exactly what it was and I'm like when you and we also went it was the same day we went to my cousin's first communion which in like most Hispanic homes means a huge party Mm-hmm. So it was literally tequila shots at like 3 p.m. Like just crazy. And I was like, you can't turn anything down. You could like try to like, you know, ditch it. But like you can't turn anything down for my uncles or anyone else. Like 
So he did really well because he didn't turn down any tequila shots and he <laughs> ate really well and he danced with all of my like aunts and everything at the party. Oh my god. Excellent. But hockey life, they like they had to ask, like one of my uncles had to ask him, like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, Oh, I play hockey. And my uncle's like, Okay, like what do you do? Yeah, and yeah. now for your like, job, what else what do, you do you do? Yeah. What's your real job? And I had to explain to my uncle. I was like, it's just like, you know, like you roll back home or like baseball and my uncles were like, oh, and it wasn't until we went to Vegas that they really understood because that's when they started to watch and being able to watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so cool. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, it was <laughs> highly entertaining because they all were just like, he plays hockey. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So they're, like, they're like, yeah, we play cards on the weekend. No, it's not <laughs> yeah. the same thing. Not exactly. The same. <laughs> it's exactly. Embarrassing. Yeah, they're like, okay. <laughs> so how did the stars align for you and John then? Yeah, like, we so I always had the plan to go to New York after um, I graduated. So I was very stern about that. And John always told me he was gonna be a firefighter, which is weird because like I didn't put like two and two together about him going and playing hockey professionally after college. So I was like, he's gonna be a firefighter, or whatever. But then as it got closer for him to like leave, I kind of found out okay, it's serious. He's gonna go play like pro hockey. Yeah. Crazy. Um, I'm going to New York. He was um, drafted by the New Jersey Devils. So he went to their farm team up in Albany. Mm -hmm. So when I got into the program I wanted to in New York City, he just somehow got called up to the big team in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And my apartment was in the Upper East Side and I'd have to go to Brooklyn to teach. And it took just as long, if not longer, to travel from his hotel in South Orange, New Jersey to Brooklyn just because of how the trains work. So we kind of, we still continued everything. We started, you know, continued dating. He ended up actually living with me one summer in Manhattan. And so were you I, dating this whole time or you were friends? We were dating, yeah, we were, you were, you yeah, were, we were dating this entire okay. time. Yeah, but, we now kinda, you, but now you're publicly dating? Now we're public about it. <laughs> no, yeah, we got the three okay. babies, fourth on the way. We, now we're okay with everybody knowing. No. When you were when you were in New York, then it was like you weren't hiding yeah, it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess I scrambled up our story. Like our story, yeah. <laughs> no, him, like, yeah. But yeah, you know. that's how it started. Like, well, the alignment to now, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then it just worked out. And then I found out I was pregnant, and I was like, I'm pregnant. He's like, Do you want to move in? I was like, No, yes. <laughs> I really like my apartment, but sure. And then it just is now what it is. What was it that attracted you to him? I thought he was funny. And like, it might sound like very just weird, but like my sister and I always had a thing where you, especially in college, you could always judge a person by their shoes. <laughs> the type of shoes they wear, like tells a lot about a person. So like when we first met him, he was wearing vans where since I'm from California, I wear vans a lot. Our kids wear vans. And I was like, where are you from? He's like, I'm from Michigan. I'm like, mm, why are you wearing those shoes then? What are you doing in vans? Yeah. Like what is wrong with you? And he, um, he, we just, that kind of like, okay, he seems kind of cool. And he wasn't like any of the other guys. He wasn't like, I don't know, super bro-y and obnoxious. He was really sweet and quiet, but like he had funny one-liners which always works. And yeah, he, I guess that's how he essentially got me. It took like a while, but it worked out. Started, you started from the ground up and then, yeah. and humor was a big one. I like that. I agree. Uh, same here. Yeah. That's excellent. So you ended up graduating from Michigan? Yeah, I graduated okay. from Michigan. 
history and poli sci. So did you always know that you wanted to go into political science? No, I was like the freshman who went and I was like, I'm doing pre-med, I'm going to be a doctor. And then I started taking like those classes and I was like, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. And so then I went into history and poli sci and I love history and poli sci a lot. I learned so much. Michigan has unbelievable programs and I was very much so able to take advantage of them. So yeah, it was great. It was like going to class. It was like storytelling every day. That's awesome. That's I love that you found your way. My oldest is a freshman in college and I'm just hoping she has, she has no idea what she wants to study. So I'm like, you don't have to know, you'll figure it out as you go. So I'm always, I, I love to share stories like yours with her that like you can go in with one plan and walk out with something totally different. So just, I guess, have an open mind. Right. Yes. I wish I heard that. Cause I always heard like, be it, you've got to be a doctor or a lawyer. And that's yeah. coming from like, you know, the immigrant background where it's like to be successful is to be, you know, a doctor or a lawyer, this or that. So when I told my grandma and everyone I was going to history and poli sci, they're like, oh, okay, you can still apply to law school. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Know about that. Like, you're like, not for me. Yep, you no. know what's this is wild too, because and I said earlier that you've been on my most wanted list to get on here. Um, and just by chance, here we are, we finally are gathering with you, and it's it's National Hispanic Heritage Month. Like we didn't even plan that. It just I love that it's just kind of fallen into place that way. Yeah. You know, and last year, actually, um, the Knights did a really good job during Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. They ended a thing with Dia de los Muertos, which my girls, we celebrate that in our house. Mm -hmm. And it's like, essentially, they got to go to the game and dress as like Catrinas. <sighs> and they had like the face paint and everything. And they were so excited because it was like hockey and their culture colliding. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Has Vegas always done that? I think they did a bit um, in the first two years, but last year they just kicked it up a notch. They had like a whole mariachi band there too. And they just, you know, spoke, highlighted. And I know that what they've been doing on social media has been um, like highlighting their fans who are from different Hispanic countries, which I thought was cool. They get us in in fan pictures and then um, the media team puts them on like their uh, Vegas Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Which is really cool because like it shows what country they're from and it just highlights that. So, which to me, I'm like, yeah, because there are Hispanic fans and there's actually a really good broadcasting in Spanish of the games, which I like to listen to because to me, listening to it fast, yeah. it like, well, like it is similar in soccer, is more entertaining and easier for me to listen to. Does each team have something like that in place? I don't know. I am not 100% sure, but um, I know like my grandma, she's listened to it before because now she watches all the games. And so she's listened to it before she likes it. And she follows the like broadcaster who actually does all of it too. And like they have an um, Instagram, like uh, Los Golden Knights, which is pretty interesting too. That's great. I think it's great to recognize it. I wonder, because I wonder if LA does that because even when Jason played for the Kings, they had a lot of Hispanic fans. So I wonder if they... I wonder if they do something like that too. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I, I could see them doing that, honestly, because of like yeah. a, LA is such a big, um, like the Latinx like community there is huge. Yeah. What's yeah, the broadcast they, that, sorry, what's the broadcast um, that you listen to in Spanish for the, for the Golden Knights? So it goes through, um, it used to go through the Facebook. I know they would go through like Los Golden Knights and there was even, I know, radio broadcast of it, I believe, but they did an unbelievable job with, that just because it includes like the entire Hispanic community in Vegas. Did you guys like playing in Vegas? We liked it. Like, or, yeah. 
you know, I loved, I was a little worried about it at first, just because, you know, you hear Vegas, mm -hmm. but we built the community there. Love it. It's a great town. It really is. We've had a few girls on uh, from Vegas, actually, and it's, and they've also the same thing. Like, I think everybody thinks of Vegas and thinks of gambling and, you know, partying down the strip and everything, but Vegas as a community is far more than just what the tourists see. Yeah. Very lovely, yeah. And now have you moved, have you moved from Vegas? You guys are free agents. Yes, yeah, so we won't be back in Vegas next year, about 99.999% sure. Okay. But we moved back, our um, place that we chose to live in since I'm a Californian, he's from Michigan is Denver. So okay. we're back in Denver, bought a house here last October. We only spent three months in our house, but oh. now so, And you just chose it because it's in the middle or do you have family or friends there? We have no family, no friends. Um, I'm not sure if you know uh, Rachel Quincy, Rachel and Kyle. Yeah, yeah. I do. They, they convinced us essentially to come check Denver out one weekend, and we came to check it out. And we're like, okay, we'll buy here. Like, okay. did you guys play? Were you guys together in New Jersey? Yeah. Okay, we were with them in LA. Okay. Yeah. They're, un they're unreal. Like, yeah. Awesome. Oh, so, do fun. you live close to them then, or? Yeah, they live. Um, I'd say. I'm thinking like bike ride wise, like I'd say probably like five minutes away from us, five, seven minutes awesome. away from us, but it's like, everyone's close here. And, um, John likes that he did the USA program when he was younger. So there's a bunch of guys that he skates with who also did the program. He gets to kind of reconnect with. And so he, he loves it in that sense. Like Johnny usually just goes right down the street. We live right down the street in DU. So it's yeah. perfect. We bike or walk everywhere which is for me who wasn't ready to leave like Jersey city, New York city yeah. is perfect. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to get outside and enjoy the weather. I know, especially, and you just spent the whole, the summer in the Vegas heat. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. intense. Uh, that was, and then Johnny was gone. So it was like 112 degrees and I'm like, why can't I go outside? Like they're literally about to destroy this nice pool table or destroy this or that. So. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, can't help but notice all your tattoos or some of them. How many do you have? I have eight, I believe. Eight tattoos. Yeah. What's on, what's on your arm? Sorry. I can kind of. See I have, it. I have evil eye with my sister. I have olive branch for olive. I have, this is my dog, Sierra and two roses for Lenny. And then I have 742, which is me and my sister's weird thing. And this is me and Johnny's first picture we ever took together. Oh, that's oh a gosh. cool idea. Yeah, so I have those. And then I have one on my back and another one on my lip. Just like, yeah. Let I me see the lip. lip one. My my daughter keeps telling me she wants one. I'm like, no, you're not getting a lip. They, well, they, they told me that it was going to go away in six months. So I was like, all right, like no big deal. I am a big fan. always have been of Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always, especially yeah. growing up on the West Coast. So I got... um dog alive oh my god i love you oh <laughs> so good. and um how much did uh, that hurt like sorry i don't even think oh you could god. pay me to do that well oh my god i think this is why it kind of probably stayed a little bit longer than anticipated when i initially got it he told me not to go drink and i was back home from college and i was like ah what do you mean so then i went out with my friends and then the next day kind of like wore off and i went back in and he touched it up a little bit so i think that's why it stayed but my sister got hers we did ours together and she um never got hers touched up and it's still clear as day it says jay no. when he signed money so 
<laughs> oh my god this is so good i love that i love yeah. tubac and i have the evil eye too i have it on my oh, finger yeah i have like <laughs> yeah. my i goodness. guess you know the truth is if i don't if i'm not super comfortable with hannah getting a tattoo at this point the lip tattoo would be a smart idea i mean yes. you can't who's gonna see that all the time the team dentist <laughs> the team dentist <laughs> Oh that God. happens and it's a little awkward and then I have to like kind of explain to them the story and then it's like yeah like I got it when I was like 18 and just yeah just was that there. your first one what was the first one my first one was the one on my back okay. so I like was it's Gandhi um I'm obsessed with Tupac and Gandhi like I wrote a paper in like seventh grade comparing the two and oh God, I love it <laughs> so I have I got Gandhi on my back and Tupac on my lip for my first two that was fitting that is so good. That Wait, is fitting. Do you have tattoos? No, I don't have any. any I, always, I always wish that I could get a tattoo that would like fade out in a year or five. Like, you know, like I'd like Hannah? to have one. I'd like to sport one for a little while. Then I no more than Hannah. I don't want it to look like someone. You know, Pete. To me, when that fades, it just looks like a urine color on your skin. Mm -hmm. I don't wouldn't necessarily want that. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe at this point, I'm not ready. I love the idea, but I just, right now I'm watching my skin sag and shit. And I just think oh maybe God. I I'm worried about that. <laughs> maybe yeah. I should get a lip tattoo. You should. Yeah. It, it didn't hurt. Well, I don't know. It was 10 years ago. So. What do you mean it didn't hurt? It didn't hurt as bad as you think. Oh. Yeah. Like, it's not as bad as you think. I'd say other ones that hurt like worse, so. Oh my god, that is amazing. That just like made me love you even more. <laughs> I love tattoos though. I love, I love them on it. people. I love to ask what their stories are. My kids give me shit sometimes. Like I was staring at this guy's tattoo once on his back. It was this gorgeous portrait of it looked like a like it could have been his great grandfather's war picture. And I it was so cool. And my kids are like, quit staring. And I'm like, well, he wouldn't have it that big on his back and wear a tank top. If you didn't want me to see it and ask yeah. them, like, you didn't want the attention. Yeah. I think I, the artwork's I, amazing. I love it. I like it. Yeah. I feel as if I've learned over years, like to go with a better artist. I could obviously like my lip tat was literally in some like some place in like the east side of San Jose was not probably the best or most sanitary option. <laughs> totally. I know. There's there's some where you're like, uh, like we've got a couple where I'm like, could have thought that one through, yeah. but well, I uh, just kind of taking it back to like you saying like Tupac and Gandhi and tr trying to find the balance. I feel like you seem to have found this like balance and harmony in your life. You you went back and got your master's while you had three little girls at home. How, what made you decide to um, get your master's or continue on? So I was teaching when I found out, well, I was, I had just gone laid off from teaching um, in New York City. I was working for a tech company and I found out I was pregnant with Olive and I was like, okay, am I going to continue to do this? Like, what am I, I need to figure it out. And I always liked social work, um, more so in the sense that when I was teaching the kids I was teaching were actually going through, um, they didn't have time to like really learn the history that we were going through in class because they were actually kind of dealing with, I'd say like the repercussions of that same history mm -hmm. in modern day. And so I always thought about ways that I could do it differently. Like I think teachers are amazing, but that to me um, was something that I couldn't necessarily do. I wanted to do a little bit more dive in um, in a different angle. So I went in to do uh, social work and I applied and kind of just 
wanted to see if I could get in and I got into like my number one program and I was like, all right, like, let's go for it. Johnny was full on. He was like, you'll go crazy if you're just sitting at home and like taking care of the baby. Cause I told him I'm never going to, I don't want to be a stay at home mom. Like I can't do that. And I think it's the hardest job in the world more so in that, that sense. Like I think like me staying at home with the girls is my personal nightmare in many ways, <laughs> because I don't feel as if like, I'm as equipped to do it very well, where I think some moms are more natural about it and they, they can, and they, obviously it's hardest, it's the hardest job. It's harder than any job, but I just didn't feel like that's what I wanted to do um, immediately. Only, right. Only, or yeah, and essentially I applied and I just did school and I had all of in like a program, which was also tough in its own way. And you appreciate both, like I said, stay at home moms, but working moms as well, because it's like, how do you do this? How do you manage like going from your job and then coming home into pretty much another job yeah. and trying to figure out, Oh, I need to like, I should probably eat something healthy that isn't like, you know, my kids leftover food and I should try to do X, Y, and Z. So I pretty much decided, Oh yeah, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll try to figure it out. And yeah, I loved it. It took four years, I think wow. to get it done, but got done. Good for you. It is hard though, like to find the balance. And I'm, I find that right now, like for me with work and like the kids, like if I'm not at work and I'm with my kids and I have work guilt. And then if I'm at work, then I have mom guilt. And like, I just feel like I can never feel okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel okay now. Cause like I graduated now I'm like at home with the girls. I'm like, I'm taking a break. Yeah. Good for I, you. You deserve a break. Yeah. It's a lot where I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, but then I'm at home with all three of the girls. Like when I was in the bubble and, or not in the bubble, but I well, you were home. in your own bubble. I, when I was, you were in your own bubble. bubble. Let's not, yeah. In my, in my little cul-de-sac in Vegas with the girls, I literally was like, I can't do this. Like, this is insane. Like how do moms like, like, I just, I can't like, it's unbelievable. Cause I, yeah, it was, yeah. It was battle. It was like survival of the fittest. I think we need to, and I know people talk about this all the time, but I just feel like we need to just keep supporting one another in that. Like, it's okay to say, I don't, I don't want that to be my only job. I want to have something else and give back and do something else. And I think so many people, there's so much mom bashing going on and we do it to ourselves too. Like, yeah, I know. And then you see some moms who like are so good and they're, they wake up and they're all put together and they've made their kid this like beautiful homemade breakfast. And then they're doing like these cute crafts and they're learning. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah, but like, we're you know. we're seeing that on social media. But is that really yeah. happening? Do they really feel that way? Like we don't know. I don't think. Yeah, totally. I don't think everyone's being totally honest. No, I feel like <laughs> that's Johnny. He doesn't have social media, and it always makes fun of me. So I was like, well, when we our families keep up with us yeah. is because they could see our kids through my social media. But he always is like, social media is like, don't compare yourself to the other like, you know, moms out there doing X, Y, and Z, because honestly, like, they probably have their breakdowns, like, it's not all real at all, like, social yeah. media is meant to be, like, this utopia for people, yeah. like, their own little escape, but, no, I agree, like, mo like, we say a lot in our house, um, to each their own, like, to each their own, like, if that's your jam, that is your jam, like, it's not yeah. my jam, but it's yours, like, to each their own, good, go for it, yeah. that's how I feel about, like, momming, I'm like, you want to go all organic? My kids are eating mac and cheese. I don't care. Yeah. Whatever works for you and makes you happy at the end of the day, let's let's stick with that. I exactly. Agree. Yeah, I say that I to my friends. Yeah. yeah, we all yeah, say like that, do what works for you. Like just yeah. 
do whatever works for you. There's no, even when people have new babies and they're like reading a book and trying to follow all the rules, I'm like, Hey, the bottom and everyone's free to give their advice. You know, everyone can't wait to give their advice on that. And I'm like, the, the only word of advice I'll give is do what works for you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Do what it works, works for your family, life, your family, for, your, for your arrangements. Yeah. I have to say, speaking of social media, like I actually enjoy, I enjoy the realness of uh, following you and like this chaotic magic that you have in your home is just so normal. That's what it looks like, you know? And I, I love that. I also love that, like, I really relied on you. You don't know this cause we've never really spoken in person, but I really, um, love to follow your Insta stories. I feel like with all that's going on in our political climate right now and social injustice, like you are, are posting some very educational resources and sources to refer to. And so I just want to thank you for that. I think sometimes I feel like I'm annoying about it, but mm. at the same time, um, yeah, I, it's something I've always, obviously my history poli sci background, but also being, uh, you know, first generation, uh, in the U.S., I kind of feel kind of it's not my duty to educate, but kind of just put it out there, like, hey, there's another side, because lots of the people, especially like John, Johnny's white, and his entire side of the family, they're they're white. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sending out information, it's more so not only for that; it's a lot of it is for them, but it's also for like my family, who my grandma, who is um, old school Mexican Catholic who doesn't agree with certain things of like, here's these resources or, Hey, when all was born and she was lighter skinned, you were so excited. But like when, you know, one of your sister's kids were born and they were darker skinned, you were like, Oh, it's family morenito. He's a little too dark. And I'd be like, grandma, but you can't say that. Like, <laughs> oh, no. you do things. So I try to like, like show, like, even though it's tough to show, you know, an old dog, new tricks, it's kind of like, Hey, here's this, just a different side of things. But again, the whole, like to each their own, like take with it what you want from it and then leave what you don't. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about all that. Well, I've appreciated it because I know that you're coming from, like you said, um, a a Hispanic background and that your posts are with an educated resource. You know, like you're not just posting something and saying, so-and-so's a jackass and then that's it move on you know like you're it's yeah. it's thoughtful and it's with purpose and um i appreciate it i think it's great that that you do it i don't really have a personal page so i don't i'm not doing all that but i i do want to be educating myself and uh, um i think that's what most people that's that's the biggest thing they can do right now mm-hmm. and educate I don't think it's a, yeah and act right because i don't think it's like uh, like you're saying you think maybe sometimes you might annoy people and i don't think that you do because i feel like everyone's kind of lazy in their own way and they just want information like given to them. So I think that's good that you just, you know, kind of pop it in whenever you feel like you've seen something or, you know, some information that's good, good for people. Right. Cause people just want to hand it to them. <laughs> and, like, the hockey community is very white. So like I thought what was awesome, um, the hockey community Alliance, everything I've been seeing from our um, hockey diversity Alliance, mm-hmm. like what I've been seeing from them has been unreal. Um, John played with, a guy, Big Shug, um, back in Jersey, and a few other guys, and he always is posting stuff where I'm like, yeah, like, this is great. So I started following them, and like, they're doing unreal stuff, and what they're asking for aren't things that are out of bounds when it comes to wanting to be seen more and seen for like you know equality reasons. So I just and I hope hockey continues to like follow like 
follow like the path they're going on because it's more inclusive. It makes kids feel like they can play or like that they are seen in the players that um, they you know admire every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So obviously you grew up with two very strong women. What's, what's kind of one of the biggest things that you want to instill in your daughters? I immediately think we have big mama rules. Let's call my mom big mama. <laughs> big mama rule number one is you don't need a man. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, I'd say, like, probably one of the biggest is that they can be independent in the sense, like, when they come to work. But, um, but then at the same time, especially being able to see me and John's relationship, they know what love is. So whomever they choose to love shows, us, shows them the same respect that you know they were able to see growing up and that they should receive and so i guess with that it's something kind of like twofold it's you don't need a man yet when you have that partner make sure to like appreciate it just because it's something that like my my grandma and my mom were unable to do and they are so grateful to john every day for being able to see him and then i guess like having two strong women also it's more so um they, John tells them all the time, and I do too, about them wanting to do anything. Just, just go ahead, do it. Doesn't matter. Just like go. And I think that follows suit with like my mom and my grandma, who are just like, just go. Like, what's the worst? They're gonna say no. Yeah. yeah. So like we both try to instill those two as our, our biggest takeaways for the girls. Just like go for it and be as independent as you want to be, yet supportive and loving of your partner. When when's the last time you got out for a date? Just the two of you. We haven't in, since, <laughs> since like before like March, I'd say. And we haven't gone and done anything. We've been, we were so um, intense throughout the quarantine just because of, you know, hockey and with mm-hmm. everything going on that we haven't necessarily. So what we call our dates now is um, we'll make the girls dinner and put them out like up to bed pretty early and we'll order food and we'll yeah. sit outside in the backyard, just us two and like just eat together instead of like, you know, when you're sitting at a table with like toddlers, they're yeah. all over you. So we yeah. just yeah. eat together or we like, we'll watch a movie. So that's about our dates these days. That's cute that's, and easy though, right? Like it is this. simple. Then you're not spending the time to go. I don't know. I kind of love that too. That's our kids are older, but it's my favorite date too. Like, let's just, everybody kind of has their thing and we'll just, you know, grab a glass of wine and sit on the couch together and just, Oh yeah. I don't, know. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I missed going out to eat or like we were in Vegas so there were so many different things to do I miss all of that but yeah at the end of the day it's nice to just be like okay we're ordering takeout tonight we're not gonna have to cook we're gonna just pop something in the oven for the girls and it's just easy good for you and what about time for yourself when you when when you do have time for yourself what do you do with it I, I I wake up early I like to do like a little workout and then I have time. I listen to podcasts and books all day. So I have, um, I invested in AirPods during the bubble. When John left, I literally bought AirPods for my sanity. <laughs> and um, I would have one AirPod in listening to like a podcast or something and the other one out. So I could listen to the girls, but when they all start screaming, they both go in. Pop them both in. <laughs> Glass music or whatever. Yeah. So I'd say like- Good idea. That's a great- right now, yeah. I do that with music. I just jam along. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to tune you all out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did do that on our drive from Vegas <laughs> to Denver. I had all three of the girls. 
and we got stuck in traffic like pretty bad traffic one day for like three hours for oh. a 60 mile like tiny little stretch so i literally just put my headphones in and just like blasted music and i was like all right this is life now i'm gonna live like this forever so yeah you gotta <laughs> find your serenity somewhere <laughs> that's true you did that drive on your own or was john with you john was in a moving truck with his dad oh, okay uh, his dad huh. is like the og like he literally when there was bubble talks about the girls going to the bubble his dad um like my mom and um renee john's mom were un like weren't able to come so essentially johnny's dad was like i'll take all three of the girls and you go to the bubble to be with john and i was like wait what you're gonna grandpa dan is coming to take care of the girls and the girls were all about it but i was like wait grandpa dan this is a lot and he's yeah. all about it. And so he's actually helped us with every single one of our moves across. Oh, awesome. Yeah. awesome. What was the bubble situation or invite situation for you ladies? I know that you were all kind of promised this, uh, conference final, um, admittance. Yeah, it was funky. <laughs> Didn't quite happen. <laughs> no, it was, um, it was a lot of just not unknowns. I'd say, um, I'm not sure on, who or what made essentially the rules or the promises, but it was a bit misleading in many ways. But at the same time, um, the Canadian government had their, like their strict rules, which is understandable. Like, you know, um, Canada is doing so well with COVID. So they were pretty um, strict with everything. But yeah, I'd say on the behalf of the NHL and NHLPA, it was just misleading, just confusing, but I was ready. Uh, for me, I was more so seeing it as like, I get to stay in a hotel room for four yeah. days by myself without kids. Sign me up. Like, You're like let's put me in. Your bags like, packed, yeah. that? I'm like, yes. Well, um, I'm sorry that didn't work for you guys. I know. I know. Um, I was frustrated for you all, and it wasn't even my life directly, but I was disappointed that that couldn't happen for you. Yeah, it was frustrating for the boys because I was like, ah. Like, for me, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm kind of in my groove, but like the guys, they really honestly, like, I feel like, Lots of them with their families and like, you know, their partners, they are very close to and want to be with them. And yeah. yeah, I think that's what's getting forgotten here a little bit. When we talk about the bubble, we keep talking about the girls and like them wanting to be with the guys. Well, the guys want to be with the girls too. So I think people forget about that with um, professional athletes and males, especially that they don't have that close tie to their family. Well, guess what they do? Maybe some don't, but yeah. they do. They love their families. Yeah. You want them to you want like your partner and like your kids all to see these things and be there to celebrate with you. Yeah. Like it's, it is, it's fun and you know, games with all the boys and like, you know, partying after the games and all that. But at the end of the day, they also want to go back and like cuddle up with their kids, wake up and like be surrounded by their little monsters. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I sure hope that this, I mean, I know the league did a good job with keeping them healthy. Uh, things obviously worked out that way and they got to award a Stanley cup this year. And that was a huge deal. Uh, I sure hope we don't have to do this again. Oh yeah. God. I hope so too. I <laughs> be good without it. Oh my God. No kidding. Kodak, you want to have some fun with her and do any, some fun little yeah, Venus and Mars questions. Yeah. Let's do some Venus and Mars before we. Sometimes you think it's kind of fun to just oh. throw some absolutely meaningless um, questions out at you. Okay. So just answer you or John. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to listen. I don't have my list in front of me. <laughs> okay. Who made the first move? John. 
Okay, who's a better driver? Me. He's going to say no, but. <laughs> who's more outgoing? Me. Who's more stubborn? Me. For who's, sure. You're who's winning stubborn? so far. <laughs> yeah. Who's funnier? John. Who takes the longest to get ready? That's me. He doesn't like, I don't know if you've seen a picture of him. Like seem near homeless. I <laughs> love it. He rocks a good look. Who yeah. spends who spends more money? Depends on what. Mm. <laughs> oh. I was like gambling with the boys. Him, yeah. obviously. Me, like yeah, I don't know. It's a toss up there. <laughs> I love it. Uh who plans the vacations? Both of us. Okay. That's nice. Who eats more junk food? Me-ish. That's both of us. It's kind of like one does it, the other does it too. The Who's goal. a better cook? The proteins are all him. I do the sides. Oh, that's a nice little team. Uh, who, who does the laundry? Oh, sorry, sorry. There I said I wasn't going to jump in. Now I all of a sudden I have my own question. <laughs> Shut up, Bridget. <laughs> Ask a question, Bridge. Uh, I forget now. Oh, who is the better? No, I was going to say that. And then I was like, who fucking cares who does the laundry? Um, who, who's a better gift giver? Ah. Shit. Um, probably like him. They're very much more thoughtful. He got me a desk, which I really appreciated. Oh. Like, I don't know, it's like weird gifts like that, but like, they're very thoughtful. Where for me, I'm like, okay, you need pants. It's <laughs> a gift. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of pants, who wears the pants in the relationship? It's, it's tough because it's like with us, I'd say when it comes to the girls, it's I'm the one who, I'm the girl's domain. Like the girls, you know exactly like mom says X, Y, but for both of us, I'd say we're pretty equal. Like, I guess we each got one leg. Like probably won't enjoy like hearing that, I guess. but no. I like the one leg. Got one leg, you know, sometimes they're really stretchy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fair i like that as it should be kind of you know i think it should yeah. be that way we, just, we talk about everything we're very communi communicative to each other we communicate a lot about everything sometimes he gets annoyed with how much i communicate <laughs> gotta do it uh, good for you I those are fun it. see those are simple fun questions easy we um we could keep you here all day if you want i mean do you need to get back to your girls <laughs> Like, in terms of my girls are I love I that quiet time is scheduled. I think that's brilliant. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Time. And they listen. Well, Jojo passes out pretty hard, pretty quick. And then Lenny and Olive, they hang out in their room and watch a movie. Okay. So, and depending on the movie, it's hit or miss because I put, make them watch movies in Spanish. So sometimes they get pissed at me and they don't want to watch it in Spanish. And then they just run around like crazy upstairs. Do so, you do they speak? Yeah, do you speak yeah. Spanish to them? Yeah. Yeah, the girls speak Spanish. Um, complete, like, they pretty much understand everything. They they do speak, but it's harder for them in the sense, like, everybody around them speaks English. But they do understand everything in Spanish, and they speak pretty well. And Johnny is actually pretty good at it, too. He's getting better. But, yeah, I speak to them in Spanish most of the time. Uh, would you send them to Spanish immersion at all, or just let it yeah, happen? Yeah, all was actually an amazing Spanish immersion. Um, before every um, everything happened she was in an amazing little school and wherever we go next that's number one on the list is finding a spanish immersion program 
Um, but during quarantine, I actually had them do this really cool exhuming with um, this lady from Guatemala who would do it and do classes with each of them for like half hour, like two times a week I would do it and they loved it. Awesome. That's so cute. Do yeah, they get the, like great. the little accent too in there? Yeah, Olive gets, <laughs> Olive is pretty entertaining with her accent in the sense that she, um, she likes to correct people if they don't pronounce something correctly. So the example like I'll use is um, she was speaking to my mother-in-law and she was saying dulce, which is candy. And my mother-in-law was saying it back to her, but from what all I thought was incorrectly, she was saying like dulce. And yeah. so all of us like, no, it's dulce. And like, she does like the hand motion <laughs> now and makes them repeat it. And she does that to like Johnny all the time and everybody. So like all of everyone, we call her Oli and people call her Ollie and she hates it. So she's like, Oli, like, oh. <laughs> so, I yeah, love they, it. They have a pretty good accent on them. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. So Which I one of your think. girls has most of you in them? I like see it's tough because like Olive is this like oldest sweet one. Lenny is I gave birth to my sister. She's literally Lenny. <laughs> it's terrifying. She's moody. Lenny literally looks at us, don't talk to me. And you're like, oh, okay, or I don't like you today. You're like, all right, well, that's happening. So <laughs> I don't know. They're all very stubborn. So I feel like they all have that. They all look exactly like John, but they might act like me more so. Do they? Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell that, but I don't know him. So I, everything's yeah. just two-dimensional for me. <laughs> they all have like little who noses and look like little who's from Whoville. <laughs> oh my gosh. So cute. Uh, they're so, adorable. Yeah. Well, that. we are so grateful for your time. Mm -hmm. And again, like just, just thanks for continuing to share all things about you. And we wish you the best. I hope that you have a healthy, healthy pregnancy and get some rest now that John's home and, uh, you know, have fun on the patio. Yeah, oh, we'll do. Thank you guys. This podcast is brought to you by Glow Anti-Aging. I've been going to Glow for the past two years and love the environment. I always feel refreshed and rejuvenated every time I leave. To maximize convenience and comfort, you can now pamper yourself at home by shopping all your favorite products online at gloantiaging.com and use the code OURHOCKEYLIFE for 10% off. Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to Our Hockey Life with Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. Join us next week when we get to introduce you to another great hockey friend. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Hockey Life and at Codette LaBarbera.